Welcome to the Council of Moms. The Council of Moms first began generations ago as women wandered outside their front porch looking for human interaction and advice, a good conversation. And it has spiraled into this assembly today where we're here to help each other out, answer the tough parenting questions, laugh together, try to keep some great perspective. And so I'm really excited about this particular Council of Moms. Today, I'm going to introduce or I'm going to have everyone introduce themselves here um, on the council that, that we've assembled and have them tell you their name and something that their children believe about them that isn't true. We're going to just start with that, right? I'll start Lisa Valentine Clark. My kids, they're all convinced that I'm a bad driver. And you know what? They're wrong. I'm a really good driver. And it really bothers me. <laughs> like, I can't just say, like, oh, I'll let them believe it. I don't care. I care. I'm a good driver, and I want it on the record. So I will spend time making sure that they know what a good driver I am. I'm Marilyn Valentine, and I, I think mine is a universal truth that my children believe anything I say is not valid. You know, I mean, that I don't have experience about what it's like to be a teenager or what it's like to go to college or what it's like to, you know, grow up, have life experience. Sure. But I do. And maybe even health-wise. And maybe even health-wise. And that is the biggest one that drives me crazy is when I say, that looks like or you should do or whatever. And they're like, I don't know about that, Mom. And I'm like, oh, okay. We feel your pain. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm Elizabeth Palmer, and my kids are convinced that I know Pikachu's evolution chain, even though they've told me like nine million times I didn't pay attention. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> uh, I'm Kimberly Simmons, and my kids think that I forget everything. They'll tell me something, and they're like, it's okay. Mom will forget it in a few minutes anyways. Like, But I do not forget I do not forget everything. Not forget. Lots of things, but not everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Well, I appreciate you being here today. You know, with the Council of Moms, we have put a call out for the Lisa Show on social media. So on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, asking questions of like, what, what would you like the Council of Moms to answer? So this is where we got our questions, which I think is really interesting because it is really organic the way that the questions came about. And because you all are at different stages of parenting, have different life experiences, I'm really excited to see what you have to say. So I'm going to start with a time old tradition in motherhood, that mom guilt. Mm. And we all feel mom guilt for different ways, which is fun and exciting because once you (laughs) think you have it figured out, you (laughs) are humbled by another experience. Um, when you have feelings about mom guilt, especially in like a life transition, what do you do or how has it evolved for something that has helped, helped you? Oh, wow. That's a hard question. It's a big one. That is a huge question. Um, well, I, I think my biggest mom guilt, and and I, I think this is something that we probably a lot of women face, is the being at home mom versus the working mom. And I tried my best to do both. I alternated schedules with my husband for years, years and years, so that I could be the best, you know, their mom when I was there, but also, um, you know, continue to work and fulfill my personal um goals and feed myself. You know, there's that guilt of did I do enough? Did I did I pay attention enough? Was I there? And 
I've come to terms with it that I did the very best I could, you know, and if my kids need to go to therapy because of it, well, you got to have something to talk to your therapist about. So it might as well be me, you know, I mean, what can you do? I've tried to forgive myself for doing the best that I can. And because I don't know how I could have done better. I don't know. You know, I was making it up as I went. So many hours in a day too. Right. There's only so many hours in a day. I feel like the mom guilt for me, has been good. Like just the guilt itself. Not that I do well with guilt or anything, but like that it creeps up again and again. It's like, it's like challenged my inner voice to be like, no, you're okay. Like, this is okay. We'll get through this one. Like you did a good job. You know what I mean? Like I've had to learn how to talk, talk through it to myself. So I think that I don't know if I've become a better parent, but for myself, I think I've become more resilient. The critics that I have of myself or the other people or worrying about the other critics feeling like helping myself feel like it's okay. It doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter if your children's crying at the store or if they're having a huge tantrum. Like, it's okay. Like, you know, you can get through this I one. I have you great know? respect for moms who allow their children to have a tantrum at the store. Oh, because me. I'm like, me. good job. You just let okay, up. Good. You just, I'm, I'd go and try to support them and say... Good job, because the best way to get a child to stop having a tantrum at the store is to ignore it. So if you're just sitting there watching it, I'm like, that, that's me. <laughs> Good job, mom. See yeah. how much I've learned from you. Like, you know, like. That inner critic, though, that inner voice, the way that you talk to yourself, I think is huge. I think that for many years, I wasn't really aware of it, that of the things that I was keeping track of in my head of like, mm, you didn't do that right, or you did it. Da, da, da. And the way that I was criticizing myself wasn't necessarily representative of like meeting any of my kids' needs or even anything maybe that they noticed or knew. So once I became aware of it was when it became too much. And I thought, I need to be kinder to myself. No one else is putting these expectations that are unrealistic for anyone to meet except for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, honestly, I think like I, I always had an inner critic my whole life and it, like I let it pile up. But for some reason in mothering, it's like the first time I was able to challenge it. I don't, I don't know why the external forces are right there with my children or whatever, but I think it's the first time in my life I actually have challenged it. And maybe it's because the mom guilt comes so often that I'm like, I, ca- I have to learn how to deal with it. Or maybe I just listen to a lot of podcasts that tell me <laughs> to challenge it. It's probably all of that. But. All of the above. <laughs> you know, one of the neatest things is like having other people in your corner, right? And to realize that you're not alone and that you're not the only one that feels this. Um, I'm a solo parent, which is the worst. A whole, it's the worst. But it's like a whole different other thing, right? Because like guilt and single motherhood kind of go hand in hand. The mantle is heavy. You're never going to be able to do it all, right? Mm-mm. And sometimes you look at other families and you're just like, okay, well, they have it all together. They're doing everything. And then you talk to them and you're like, they're just like me. Yeah. Like no one has it all together. No one has it all together. No one's doing it all. No. Like I'm totally not reading bedtime stories to my kids and I'm cool with it, you know? And then just letting that go, letting that weight, that pressure of you got to do everything. You got to do it right now. It's not necessary because you know what? Very successful people, myself included, were raised with parents that didn't do it all. Yeah. And it's okay. And it's, it's okay. okay. You know, Liz and I, um, we met and became friends because we're both solo parents, because we're both widows. And I was surprised and didn't really know where to put the whole solo parenting. Like, I feel guilty 
that my kid's dad dad died. And like a really nothing, like literally nothing I could have done about it. <laughs> um, so it's once I, I was like uh, aware of that, of like where there's something so extreme that you feel guilty about, you think, okay, well, what are you, you going to do about well, that's, that? That's, you know, yeah. this is not a useful feeling. It's not serving me. It's not helping my kids yeah. for sure. Then I think it's easier to acknowledge it and then try to just like let it go. An unhelpful thought. <laughs> right. But I think we can be cheerleaders for each other. It's important to have have people that back you up. Yeah. It's important to have that network of friends that are supportive of you. And it's equally important to shut everything else that is judging you or, you know, that you're allowing to judge you or allowing to have that negative thought in your head. It's equally important to shut that out and not let that have an influence on your life because the world's always going to tell you that you're not doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. In lots of different right. new yeah. colorful ways. In lots of new colorful yeah. ways. And new, I mean, I, I was kind of surprised when, you know, I, I don't do a lot of social media. I do really minimal, but I was coming, I'm like, what is this like silk and crusty things? Now we're like, you know, moms, what? have you heard of that? Oh, oh my gosh. Don't Maybe go. don't tell yeah. me. Maybe don't. I don't think But I'm like, why are we always judging how how other moms do things is such a such a does it help anyone? Do you know why I think we do it? I think why? it's human nature because we're like because it's such an overwhelming job that that we're always like, are we doing it right? Are we doing it right? Because it's so important. You're raising human beings, yeah. like, and so I do think that it's natural for us to look around and go, well, what what is she doing or what should I be doing that? You know, constant evaluation. And there's a point where, yes, it can inspire you to do good, but then it can, on the other side of the coin is it can make you a worse parent, ironically, because you're so concerned about how you're perceived by others that you're not focused on giving really your kids, which are so, who are so unique, what they need, what they really need. Yeah, you bring up a good point on what are you doing and why are you doing yeah. it? Like, where's your motives? Like, are you actually doing these acts because you're benefiting your child or are you doing it to put on a show for other parents, right? That's a really good point. And it's hard. It is hard. It is hard. Because we all want to, like, look like a good parent, especially, like, for our parents or for our friends or yeah, it's community. human nature. Yeah. You can't just be like, I don't care what anybody thinks. It's... You, everybody does. It's just to a different audience. True. I feel like motherhood is like the great science experiment. Like, and when it's like exploding, you start looking around. Like, what is? <laughs> why is mine exploding? <laughs> like, why? Why is mine boiling over? I don't understand. Spoiler but alert: They all explode. But yeah, it, but, that, but that's the thing. Like, everyone has their own science experiment going on. Like, yeah. Exactly. So yours is just Every yours is totally different than everyone else's. So you can't will like. Explode. And all of them will explode at some all point. All of them will explode. <laughs> and it's okay that they do. <laughs> okay, so have have you ever had an experience then that uh, that really like taught you that that like really made you realize that this wasn't serving you or and and so you actually changed? Like how did you do it? I'm I'm curious about sharing stories about how women uh, face this intense mom guilt in their own way. And maybe even like a paradigm shift where you became aware of it. Yeah. So recently my son went to baseball camp and it was so hard to 
have them sit there and look at all the other dads with their kids. And here's mine who wants his dad there. And it's just me, right? Like the guilt is real because I can't be his dad. I'm just his mom, right? And I had my moment, my whole breakdown, not in front of him, right? Because you have to be strong in front of him. And I had my moment with my friends. I have this Marco Polo group of other young moms that are that get it, that are solo parenting. And I'm like venting about this. And, I'm, and they're like, Liz, we get it. We get it. And these are the moments that he's going to look back and say, but my mom was there. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just this shift of, I'm enough. I'm never going to fill that void, but it's not my void to fill, right? But I'm enough. And as, if I'm showing up, like, that's it. Like, I'm doing it. I didn't have to be perfect. I didn't have to have the right words to say to him. I just had to be there, and I was. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's hard when it's not what you wanted for your kids. You have this idea, this would be better. This is the best. My kids deserve the best. Right. And when they don't get it, there is this like, you have to sort of mourn that loss of like, and it's a thousand little things that you, of the best things that you want for them. And just to be able to keep moving forward, it it does take some resiliency, I think, as moms. It's important to recognize that your expectations, um, what you in pic- what you picture your life is going to be like, and what it turns out like, that yeah, those are those are losses. Those are things that you mourn, and to allow yourself to mourn that loss and then move on from it. Because if you don't allow yourself to mourn the loss, then you never really deal with it. Isn't it interesting? Like that, we do. There's so much in- internal work. I think as a being a parent, that I I didn't know. You know, even just. This last week, I was driving um, really well because <laughs> I'm a good driver, <laughs> and, and I I was driving my daughter who's starting tenth grade and uh, going. By the back way, she's to not s- great at directions. In case you're wondering, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. She's not going to drink. And we were talking about school, and she was asking. She was asking a question that was innocent enough, but it just tripped my brain into thinking, this isn't what you thought that, uh, what kind of life you thought your youngest would have. Mm. This wasn't what you planned. And it was an idea that I had been shoving like, it's okay, it's okay. We're, uh, everybody's good. Everybody's fine. And I just had to look at her and, and especially with things that have gone on in my personal life, my youngest especially has not had the kind of childhood that I wanted for her. And I just had to look at her and she's happy. She wasn't complaining. It was just a weird moment that came out of nowhere where I just had to just really focus and say, it's not what I, this imaginary idea of this child, wonderful childhood that I wanted for her doesn't exist, but she had something different and it's good. So go with that. And she had a unicorn at her birthday party. She did have a unicorn. At her I mean, it was pretty awesome. Party. I mean, she had all these weird things that I could never even imagine. You know, the opposite is true too. That kind of gets me out of the mom guilt when I th- I think this isn't what I want and this isn't what I planned. You know, for my kids or whatever. I also think, yeah, but X Y Z. These funny things that happened. These amazing things that happened. I didn't even 
have the brain capacity to imagine them, and they happened. So the opposite is true, too, and I think that's kind of a fun way to trick your brain into being a little less guilty. (laughs) Well, and when you think about that, too, like, because I feel like for me, a lot of the mom guilt that I have is fear-driven. It's like, I'm so worried about, like, it didn't turn out this way, and so I'm fearful of what the future looks like for this child. And, you know, in stupid little ways, like, like I feel bad that I didn't take my kids to the zoo enough because there was a pandemic. You know what I mean? The stupid little things. They can, didn't get the zoo. They didn't get the zoo. This many They're times the animal. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, be it's okay. no, And I also <laughs> make fun because no, it's so dumb. that's something I would think. No, for real. But but then I, when I get down to the bottom of it, it's like fear driven because I'm like, because I don't know what, I don't know what the zoo had to do with the outcome of their life. But for some reason. <laughs> and you know what? We'll never know. We'll never know. Never we'll know. never know. There might be but, certain things that you'll just have to have conversations yeah. in person instead of seeing a representation exactly. of. Exactly. No, know, they will not the be animal lovers. Different kind children. <laughs> no, but, but it's like, it's like, it's fear driven. And when, yeah. you, when I get down to the bottom of that, that's so silly because exactly, I couldn't, all the beautiful things that happen. All the other things that we did instead were so much better. I never could have conceived that we would have so um, such a wonderful life without the zoo. <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> it's true. It's, and kind of the surprise of it is what makes life interesting as well. I always try to, like, counter that. I, rem- I have conversations with my oldest son, Miles, who's 25, all the time, like, oh, Sorry about that one time that I made you do that. I really thought I was doing the right thing. He's like, I know. (laughs) The way he says it with just such generosity. Uh, Like, I remember, I mean, I was very social, and so was my late husband. Like, we just did everything in high school, and we were, like, super outgoing. And then we have these kids that are like, "Mm, I'm good. That's nerdy. I don't want to do anything. And I literally made my son, I made Miles go to prom. Like I paid him to go to prom (laughs) because I was like, you have to have this important high school experience. High school experience to (laughs) develop your care. It's like the zoo. I just had this in my you have to you have to go. It's a rite of passage. (laughs) Why doesn't go to prom? I remember him going, like, why does this mean so much to you? I'm like, because you're my first kid and this is just what we do. And I didn't imagine anyway. Spoiler alert, I did pay him to go. He did have a good time. Thank you very much. <laughs> Don't the, way that. That, the way that I convinced him to go is I said, if it's a great experience, it's great night and you're out nothing because I'm paying for the whole thing. If you have a horrible time, it is a unifying human experience, water cooler talk, if you will, for when you're older um, and it'll give you a great way to connect with people by telling how bad the experience was. That's what convinced him. Or something to talk to your therapist about. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember him thinking, all right, that makes sense. Not what I imagined. So I think sometimes it's kind of a funny way to live your life. It's an experiment. It's an experiment. (laughs) Those poor first kids. I know. They they, They really really, are the experiment. They really are. Yeah. So are all of them. I'm not even going to (laughs) lie. I know. Like, we have it figured out by the fifth one. Right. And, and this is this is something, you know, you're like, you think, you have one child and you think, oh, children are like this. Yeah. My I kids are like this. Yeah. And then you have another one and you're like, wait, this one's not like the first one. What? what not what? even close. Not even close. And guess what? None of, of, none of them are like the other no, ones. No. <laughs> They're all really different. And then they grow up and then they bond by talking about you. Exactly. <laughs> and you're like, 
wait a second. So I was so concerned about their beautiful zoo-filled childhood, and now they've all turned against me to talk about what a bad driver I am, but I'm clearly not. You're supposed to bond over those negative experiences, right? <laughs> right, yeah, you are, yeah. actually. That's what unifies them. So it's like my goal yeah. as a mom, like, give them all these things that are going to unify there them later go. on in life. <laughs> do you know what? I think That's you're awesome on to joking. something. I really do. I think that strengthens that family culture. And sometimes when they're all laughing and they're talking about some video game that I have no interest in learning about. I mean, ta- it started with the Pokemon phases. Like, listen, I'm with you. And then it morphed <laughs> into like Japanese anime. I don't, I can't keep anything. I have no to idea. Tra- also, because I'm not interested. Right. But I do love it when they're all together talking about that same thing and then laughing about it. Because I think, oh, they're friends or, oh, they... They're happy, right? And so in for the last little time that we have left, I would just love for you to share a parenting win because I think this is the best way to wrap up a conversation about mom guilt. What is like <laughs> a good win? And, and I just shared mine. Like my kids like each other and they have lots of inside jokes together. Like they are a team. And for me, that means everything. So mine is similar to yours. Um, I have I have a, a oldest daughter who's married and has a husband. My second is at um, school in St. George and has a partner. And then I've got one that's going to start college and one that's a sophomore. But I try to get them all together. Um, we rented a house in St. George and brought everybody in. And just listening to them all talk and laugh. And I try my best to stay out of, to stay out because you know, those friendships that they have are going to go on regardless of, you know, me. It might be about me, but it's okay. Sure. Um, we'll take one for the team. I, I love that. That makes my heart just sing. I love it. I think my recent parenting win um, was night stargazing with my little crew. We just drove up the canyon, and I didn't plan anything. I just told them to bring blankets and stuff. And then I realized, where are we going to gaze the stars? Like, this is a fail, right? <laughs> You're driving, driving. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't even bring camping chairs. This is a really bad idea. Anyway, we park just some random little turnout, and then I decide, let's just get on the roof of go. my car. And sure enough, all of us were able to pile up there. My oldest is ten, and my youngest is five, so like they don't weigh a lot, but they just were all up there. They're trying not to fall off the edge. <laughs> Like, it was sketchy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but just, like, as we're looking at the night stars and they're looking and trying to find the shooting stars, um, I could just hear their banter and how they were, like, asking about the universe and the stars and just how colorful it is up there and why we can't see it down here. And I just had this moment, like, this is going to be something they remember. Like, this is it. Yeah. And they're going to have that bonding experience and think about, do you remember that one time that we got on the roof of mom's car? And I'm like, yep, that will be the only time because next time we're caving it in. <laughs> we're going to weigh too much. <laughs> but it happened. And that's it was awesome. A, it's a parenting oh, win. what a win. That is a win. The one that's, that I keep thinking about while you're talking um, is that, I mean, it's super simple. We've had this amazing summer. We've been traveling and it's been really fun. We've had all these great experiences. And then just the other day we... Um, it was just afternoon when we should, it was beautiful outside and we should have been outside doing something really amazing and fun. And we were all just like sitting on the couch, just chatting. And it was like, 
I have a I have a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, a 5-year-old, and a 3-year-old. And the 3-year-old wasn't, like, super engaged in conversation or anything. She was just kind of bouncing around and fun. But, like, all the rest of them, we were just, like, sitting there talking. And they're little still, but I, like, loved – that was, like, one of my favorite parts of the summer. That we, they all just sat there and we were just chatting. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm, like – we have, like, friends. I have friends. These are, like, my little buddies and we are – um, and they always feel like my buddies, but the, we were not out doing stuff. We were just chatting and it was really cute. And I loved, it was like one of my favorite little moments of the summer doing nothing. That. That's fun. <laughs> I love it. This has been such a good discussion. I think on not just the mom guilt, but like the moments that, that we're surprised about that we think are going to be so important. And if we hang on to them too tight, then we miss all of, we miss seeing what's right in front of us and all these kinds of wins. And I, I really do think that's the anecdote for, for that mom, mom guilt. So thank you for sharing your experiences. Thank you for um, being here and being part of the Council of Moms. And thank you so much for watching the Council of Moms. Thank you for listening to the Council of Moms. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Find us on any of the podcast platforms. And if you have a question for the Council of Moms, please leave a comment for us on The Lisa Show on Instagram or Facebook. Facebook.